0: Aloha, everyone. Welcome to our Virtue Podcast. My name is Shelley Hurley, and the title of our lesson this week is Jesus Christ, God with us. Wow. Is there anyone or anything better to talk about? Is there any name sweeter, more wonderful, more powerful, more healing than the name of Jesus? So in these 20-plus minutes or so, we're going to dip our thimble into the ocean of riches that are Jesus the one we see represented in every chapter of the Bible, starting with Genesis 1-1 all the way to the last verse in Revelation. Billy Sunday said, There are 256 names given in the Bible for the Lord Jesus Christ, and I suppose this was because He was infinitely beyond all that any one name could express. In Christ are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. The more we know of Him— the more we discover there is to learn. And I am so happy that we will have all of eternity to talk about His wonders, to be in His presence, and to sing His praises. I love the title of the series we're going through, Timeless Truths for a Changing Culture. In Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is timeless he is the central figure in all of humanity. Even our calendar is centered on him, B.C. and A.D., before Christ and Anno Domini, Latin for in the year of the Lord. He is the timeless one who holds all time in his hands. Henry Garieppi, author of 100 Portraits of Christ, writes, In Jesus, God invaded humanity. Eternity invaded time. So many people say the name of Jesus and know the name of Jesus, but have no idea of who He really is. Some say He's a good teacher, one among many, a moral man, equal to the likes of Buddha or Muhammad. Some say He was a historical figure, or a prophet, or just a name to shout when you're mad or frustrated. Some see Him only as Jesus meek and mild. Different cults say they believe in Jesus, but they teach a different Jesus than that of the Bible. They strip Him of His deity. In Matthew 16, verses 13 to 18, we read, When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, He asked His disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. We can't base our decisions about who Jesus is by taking a poll of the people, but what God reveals to us through the word of God, who we believe Jesus to be. And our response to who He is is the difference between life and death, heaven and hell. Who do we say that He is? Before we answer that, let's look first at what the Word of God says and who does Jesus say that He is. In John 8:58, Jesus said, Most assuredly, I say to you, Before Abraham was, I am. His listeners would have understood the reference to Exodus 3, verses 13 and 14 when God reveals his name to Moses. I am that I am. Jesus is declaring himself to be God, the I am. Before Abraham came into history, I have been in eternal existence. Jesus has no beginning or no end. He is eternal. He was pre-existent with the Father. John 1, 1 and 2 in um, the Amplified, reads this way. In the beginning, before all time, was the Word, Christ, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God himself. He was continually existing in the beginning, co-eternally with God. Jesus is God. In John ten thirty to 33 Jesus said, I and my Father are one. And then the Jews picked up stones again to stone him, Jesus answered them, Many good works I have shown you from my Father, for which of these works do you stone me? The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we don't stone you, but for blasphemy, and because you, being a man, make yourself God. Who did God the Father say Jesus is? In Hebrews 1.8 we read, But to the Son he says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. When Peter declared Jesus to be the Son of God, he was declaring his deity. For to be his Son, he would be the same nature as God. Jesus had no earthly father. He was conceived in Mary by the Holy Spirit, the only begotten Son of God. The Jews accused Jesus of blasphemy because he claimed to be the Son of God, thereby God, in John 19.7. Before this earth was created, He was with God and He was God. Jesus was not created. He is the Creator. In John one three, we read, All things were made and came into existence through Him, and without Him not even one thing was made that has come into being. The Bible says that Jesus created the very world that He came to. Colossians one sixteen and 17 says, For by Him All things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through Him and for Him, and He is before all things, and in Him all things consist or are held together. All living things are made up of atoms. No one can explain what holds the nucleus of an atom together. Jesus holds all. All things together. And what blows my mind is that even before he created the worlds, before he created man, he knew the cost. John says in Revelation 3 8 that Jesus is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He knew that even in a perfect world, in the Garden of Eden, man would sin and rebel and disobey, choose to listen to the devil's voice over his thereby separating themselves from a holy God. He knew that simple man would need a Savior to save them from sin's curse and the devil's grasp. And so even before time as we know it began, there was a plan for our redemption, and Jesus, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God, was it. Throughout the pages of Scripture are woven the scarlet thread of redemption. In Matthew 1, verses 20 to 21, we read that an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. That name Jesus means Jehovah or Yahweh is salvation. Jesus said, Who do you say that I, the Son of Man, am? Jesus called himself the Son of Man. This is the title Jesus often used when referring to himself. Jesus is called the Son of Man over 80 times in the New Testament. Son of Man is a title of not only his deity, but also his humanity and his humility. The Son of God became the Son of Man that we might become sons of God. John 1.14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus came to us as God veiled in human flesh. Matthew one twenty three says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. The virgin birth was foretold 800 years prior to the prophet Isaiah. This was just one of the hundreds of prophecies that Jesus fulfilled concerning his birth, his lineage, his rejection by his own, his betrayal, his crucifixion, his resurrection, his ascension. Psalm 22 and Isaiah 53 lay out in detail the events of his crucifixion. Mathematician Peter Stoner calculated the mathematical probability of Jesus fulfilling just eight out of the more than 324 prophecies concerning him being the Messiah. The results are staggering, 10 to the 17th power. It would be like covering the state of Texas two feet deep in silver dollars, marking one of the coins, and while blindfolded, diving in and picking out the marked coin. Wow. Only Jesus could be the promised Messiah. Jesus said in John 14, If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. John 1.14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory, as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Colossians 2.9 says, For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, all the divine attributes, his nature, his person are centered in Christ, Hebrews 1.3 says being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person, meaning He was not a copy but the very embodiment of God's nature. God's glory is the full weight of who He is in essence, His character, His goodness, His righteousness, His judgment, His holiness, His grace, His mercy, His perfect love, His almighty power— when we look at Jesus, we see a perfect picture of God, the visible expression of the invisible God. A little girl was intently drawing, and her teacher walked up and said, What are you drawing? She responded, A picture of God. And the teacher replied, Well, nobody knows what God looks like. To which the little girl said, Well, they will in just a minute. Jesus not like this little girl's drawing, is the perfect picture of God. He is Emmanuel, God with us. As Jesus walked the dusty roads as a man, he performed miracle after miracle. He turned water into wine. He healed the sick. He cleansed the lepers. He calmed the seas. He opened blind eyes. He fed thousands on a few loaves and fishes— And he raised the dead and forgave sins, as only God can. I like what the Apostle John writes in John 21, verse 25. Jesus also did many other things. If they were all written down, I suppose the whole world could not contain the books that would be written. Wow. Jesus is our Emmanuel, God with us. He says he is with us always, and he will never leave or forsake us. He is our constant companion, our friend who sticks closer than a brother. With us in good times, bad times, fearful times, times of grief, heartache, pain, He is with us. He is with us and He is in us. He is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And He is still our wonder-working God. He still opens blind eyes, feeds the hungry, satisfies the thirsty, delivers the captives, heals the sick strengthens the weary, mends the brokenhearted, calms the angry seas of doubt and despair, teaches us, instructs and guides us, protects us, comforts us, and He loves us. Because Jesus came to this earth as a man, He experienced hunger, thirst, weariness, temptation, loneliness, grief, pain, and death, yet in all this He did not sin. Does it blow your minds to think that Jesus, Almighty God, the one who is never weary or tired, chose to become a man that needed to rebuild his strength by sleep at night? Or that the hands that spun the universe into place became the tiny hands of an infant? Those same feet that now have earth as their footstool walked upon the dusty roads and sandals. Those same hands and feet were driven through with spikes, nailing him to the cross, and upon his brow the King of kings and the Lord of lords wore a crown of thorns. Yet it wasn't nails that held him there, but it was his love for you and his love for me. Philippians 2, 6-8 through Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation— Taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Without renouncing or diminishing his deity, but only temporarily laying aside his divine privileges, he became completely human, but was without sin, being fully God and fully man. Warren Wiersbe says, Jesus Christ unites deity and humanity so that he can bring people to God and bring to people all that God has for them. Jesus said, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many, in Matthew 20, 28, this was his mission. Only Jesus, who was fully God and fully man, living a sinless life, could pay for our sins, which have separated us from God by becoming our ransom. The Bible says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, that is the man, Christ Jesus. This ransom was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. We read that in 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19. On this preparation day, the same day that all the lambs were being prepared for the Passover— our Passover Lamb, the perfect, spotless Lamb of God, was being led away, carrying our sins, to give Himself a ransom for the sins of the world. Isaiah 53 verse 6 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He became my substitute 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. I owed a debt I could not pay, and he paid a debt he did not owe. Jesus said in John 10.11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. And then in John 15.13, he said, Greater love is no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Jesus willingly laid His life down on the cross, the most humiliating and painful of deaths, dying a criminal's death, though He had committed no crime. No greater demonstration of love has ever been given than the love displayed on the cross. It is a love our finite minds cannot comprehend. Romans 5.8 says, But God showed His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. When Jesus hung upon the cross as death approached, he cried out, It is finished. The debt was paid in full. Our debt was paid in full. My debt was paid in full. Do you know that you've been forgiven of all today? You could put your sin in a ledger and write paid in full next to it. Envy, pride, fornication, paid in full. Cheating, greed, selfishness, paid in full abortion, murder, paid in full. We have all been set free from sin. We do not have to sin, nor do we have to be brought under its power or the power of any vice or lifestyle. We are set free by the accomplished work on the cross. Colossians 2:13 and 14 says he canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. The devil is now a defeated foe. When Jesus cried out, It is finished, the veil in the temple was torn from top to bottom. It was a work of God, not of man. Access is made so we may boldly enter the presence of our holy God by the blood of the Lamb. One sacrifice for sins forever. Jesus said in John fourteen six, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through me. Through His death on the cross, Jesus bridged the gap between a holy God and sinful man and made the way for us to enter into relationship with the living God and assuring us of eternal life by believing in His name, the mighty, powerful, wonderful, matchless name of Jesus. Acts 4.12 says, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. But death was not the end of the story, because on the third day, as Jesus said He would, He rose victorious from the grave, conquering death and sin and Satan. Jesus is alive. Death is swallowed up in victory. Jesus said, in John eleven twenty five and twenty six, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live, and whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? If we believe in Jesus, we no longer need to fear death; we have hope beyond the grave. To be absent with the body is to be present with the Lord, and in His presence is fullness of joy. Because of Jesus' obedience to the cross, in Philippians 2, 9-11, Paul writes, Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father." And now, Jesus, our great high priest, is seated at the right hand of God. Making intercession for us, this high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he didn't sin. Hebrews 4.16 says, So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Ah, Jesus! Because Jesus came to this earth as a man and experienced hunger, thirst, weariness, temptation, loneliness, grief, pain, and death—whatever you're going through, Jesus understands. And He invites us to come to Him, casting all of our cares on Him, for He cares for us. Jesus will return one day to judge the earth, followed by the armies of heaven on white horses, and on His robe and thigh will be a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords, is He my King and my Lord now? Does He have the rightful place that He deserves in my life? Is He the Lord of my possessions, my time, my talents, my home? Have I surrendered all to Him? In Revelation twenty-two, twelve and 13, Jesus says, And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me, to give to everyone according to His work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. When we place our trust in Him, He has our past, present, and future covered. For He is the author and the finisher of our faith, in Hebrews twelve two. And He who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Philippians 1, 6 Everything we need from A to Z is found in Jesus. If we have Jesus, we have everything. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and you are the branches. As I connect with Him, He is my life source, my strength, my sufficiency. He said, I have come that you might have life and that more abundantly in John 10.10. The Bible says that all the fullness of God is found in Him, and of His fullness we have all received. Spurgeon writes, There is a fullness of blessings of every sort and shape, a fullness of grace to pardon, of grace to regenerate of grace to sanctify, of grace to preserve, and of grace to perfect. There is a fullness at all times, a fullness of comfort and affliction, a fullness of guidance in prosperity, a fullness of every divine attribute, of wisdom, of power, of love. Jesus, you are my A to Z, my everything, my all in all. You are Almighty God, the author and finisher of our faith, the Alpha and Omega. You are the bread of life. You are the Christ, the chief cornerstone. You are the door, our deliverer. You are the express image of God, eternal. You are the firstborn over all creation, faithful and true witness, the friend of sinners. You are God. You are the good shepherd. You are the holy one, the head of the church, the heir of all things. You are the I am, the image of the invisible God, Emmanuel. You are Jesus. You are the King of Kings. You are the Lord of Lords, the Lamb of God, the Life, the Light of the World. You are the Man of Sorrows, the Mighty God. You are the Nazarene, the Name above all names. You are the Only Begotten Son. You are the Prince of Peace, Physician, our Propitiation. You are our Ransom, our Rock, our Redeemer our Savior, Son of God, Son of Man. You are the Teacher, True Vine, the Truth. You are undefiled from sin's corruption. You are our unrivaled friend. You are victor over sin and death. You are Wonderful, the Word, the Way. You are the Exalted One. You are Yahweh. You are Zion's King. Jesus, you are Are everything. Who do you say that he is? Jesus invites us to not just know about him, but to know him intimately. We can have this life-giving relationship with him. Is he our Savior and our Lord? Jesus said in Revelation 3:20, "Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him, and he with me." Jesus extends an invitation to us and it is open to all, to open up our hearts to Him, and He will abide in us, dwell in us, and we can commune with Him, have fellowship with Him. If you are listening today, and you have not invited Jesus into your life, but you would like to, He is just a prayer away, and you can pray with me. Lord Jesus, I confess that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I turn from my sins now, and I turn to You. Thank you for dying on the cross for me and paying the price for all my sins. I ask you to come into my life right now and be my Savior, my Lord, and my friend. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to follow you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. May God bless you all. And if you don't remember anything else, remember this. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so.